Hello, everyone. My name is Matt Virgil. I'm the head of school at Hudson Montessori School. I'd like to thank you for tuning in to the first episode of our new podcast, Hudson Montessori's. Uh, this is a podcast where we will be spending some time with uh, our alumni, catching up with them and seeing what they're up to and um, the impact that Hudson Montessori School has had on their life. For our first episode, Miss Michelle and I spoke with Michaela Sharp. Michaela is a graduate of our school and um, went on from our school to attend Gilmore Academy. And then from there, she went on to Denison University in Granville, Ohio. And she is currently pursuing a graduate degree at Case Western University, um, where she'll be earning a Master's of Science in Social Administration. And in addition to that, she's also a college counselor at the university school. So Michaela stopped by yesterday uh, at Hudson Montessori School, and we sat down and caught up with her. And we hope that you enjoy it and all of our uh, episodes uh, on Hudson Montessori's. Thank you. Well, Michaela, thanks for joining us for this inaugural episode of Hudson Montessori's, a podcast where we are trying to connect with our alumni, check in with what they are up to, what they're thinking, and um, just build the community here at Hudson Montessori School. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I should mention that I'm joined by Miss Michelle. We're sitting here in um, our main office here at that's a Montessori school on a Monday, October 14th. It is definitely fall. It's about 55 mm -hmm. degrees that day, a beautiful fall day. Mm -hmm. So, so Michaela, I understand that you now are working as a college counselor at university school. Yes, that's correct. I was wondering if we could start off with just um, a little description of what does a typical day as a, as a college counselor at U.S. look like? What, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, so since I am relatively new to my role at university school, I have been tasked with hosting all the admission representatives as they um, make their visit to university school. And so typically my day will consist of between five and eight college visits. And so these are colleges that are visiting us from all across the United States, as well as some in Canada and Scotland. And so I am tasked with um, learning about each of these schools individually, um, what unique programs that they have, what unique experiential learning opportunities that they have, and just making sure that the meeting is productive with our students <laughs> and the counselor. Um, so typically that is what a main day looks like for me. And then sometimes when I'm not in a, um, when I'm not hosting a representative, I will be conducting mock interviews with students mm. who are interested in practicing um, how to have a college interview before they um, head off to the real deal. So I will do that a decent amount with my students as well. So uh, I work with our eighth level students who are applying to high school yeah. and do mock interviews with them as well. Okay. So it's a good thing to practice. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. Get those jitters out of the way. Mm -hmm. So uh, when we were getting ready for this podcast, you said eventually then you will have your own group of students for whom you'll act as a college counselor. Yes. Is that right? Yes. So um, since we last spoke, I have officially received my oh, nice. cohort. Um, so I am the college counselor for 24 juniors, juniors. at university school. Okay. Um, and for the most part, I have able 
I've been able to meet with all of them. Some of them, I'm still hunting them down. Um, but they received on our junior college night information revealing who their counselor was. Okay. And so after the presentation, I had a lot of my students coming up to me with their parents just to as introduce a, themselves, which was really, really nice. So as you work with both the student and the parents? Correct. Okay. Yes. So I so that actually kind of drifts into my next question I was going to ask is my sense of the college application process is that it's can be fairly intense mm-hmm. that it's um it, it can be anxiety building mm-hmm. so i'm curious what do you and your colleagues say to parents or students to try to keep it in balance or is there just no way to keep it in balance it's just it's a really sort of um stress inducing process Yeah. I mean, it is at the end of the day, it is a stressful Mm -hmm. process, unfortunately, because there are a lot of choices out there for students. And the number of choices that are out there is pretty overwhelming, Mm -hmm. I think, for our students. And so um, as we are working with both students and parents, the emphasis that my office places at the end of the day, it's all about fit. Yep and all about helping your student find the environment in which they're going to succeed, be happy in, um, an environment where they will essentially have a safety net if they fail, Mm. when they fail, I should say. Mm. So it's a process of reassuring both the student and the parent that we will work very closely with them to help their student find the fit. But at the end of the day, we are not the ones that are applying to colleges for the student. It is the student's responsibility. We are just simply a guide on this process. Um, It's interesting. We kind of taking it back to our graduates when they apply to high school. A lot of times what we like to say is it's we're on the other side of the fence and we can often look back sort of in hindsight. And one thing that I know Ms. Michelle and I have talked about is that it usually it works out for the best. It's like it just somehow the process just uh, you know the the right school and the fan the family of the students sort of connect. So I Absolutely. hope I hope that that's the same case in, yes. in college as well. Yes. Um, let me shift gears a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I I'm not new to Northeast Ohio. We've lived here four years, but we have small, three small children, so we rarely go out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because it's just not a good scene if we go out yeah. in general with our, it's hard to keep everyone in, in check. So let's say that my wife and I get like a night that we can go out mm-hmm. and um, we need to have a restaurant recommended to us because ours are usually like Chipotle mm-hmm. or Chick-fil-A or something, mm-hmm. which are good. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But uh, where would you recommend that we go to eat dinner? Yeah. So my first recommendation, which is one of my favorites, is right here in Twinsburg. It's Blue Canyon Kitchen and Tavern. I just love that restaurant. And they have my favorite item probably on the face of the earth, which is the maple bacon flatbread. That is the item that I have craved every time that I am home, (laughs) even though I drive past it a lot. When I was in school, that was the one thing that I really, really missed from this area. And so being home now, I get to have it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I would absolutely recommend Blue Canyon um, and go during their happy hour because you can get it at a discounted price. All right. In the summer, they have that beautiful patio. is beautiful and you don't feel like you're in Cleveland. Right. when you're on the patio. Wonderful. So that would be my first recommendation. 
Um, my second recommendation is if you enjoy stand-up comedy, yeah. that you check out um, Hilarities on 4th Street. Okay. Um, it is attached to Pickwick and Frolic, which is a fabulous restaurant if you want to have a dinner and a show type of atmosphere. Awesome. Those so are, Those are good suggestions. Those are my recommendations. Awesome. That's great. Thank you. Um, this is a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were about to hit record, Ms. Michelle and I asked you if you listen to podcasts. Apparently you do. I I'm do. curious, do you have a particular podcast or a genre of podcast that you would say, hey, you got to make sure this is on your phone? Yeah. So I really enjoyed the podcast network podcasts, which are a lot of true crime assassination, like serial killer mentality type of shows, uh, which I find to be really, really fascinating. And so my latest obsession has absolutely been the Assassinations podcast, which talks about both the men and women who have been um, assassinated over the course of history, as well as um, talking about the assassin's perspective. So fascinating. (laughs) Any assassination in particular that's um, the latest one that I was really excited to finally see was about Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. I have been waiting for that one to, mm. to appear, but it's really fascinating because they will cover all different points in time. I've read about or listened to assassinations that happened during like the Byzantine Empire oh, cool. or the Roman Empire that you just really aren't that familiar with, mm. as well as some of the more, um, familiar assassinations yeah. so the very first one that they have is about jfk yeah i was gonna say probably be yeah. kennedy yes. interesting yes which is a three-part podcast that was really fast and you said it's the mark what was the name of the podcast? it's the podcast Park. network Park-ass and so network. they okay. have an array of different okay. um podcasts as well as a really cool true crime daily podcast hmm. where every day they have a podcast as to what happened in this day in history um, with a variety of different oh, cool. things. So, so um, I, um, if my wife and I are cleaning the house, we kind of split up and we take different areas of the house and I often put on my headphones and I listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing while you listen to podcasts? Are you driving? Are you working out? Are you just really focused on what you're listening to? I'm typically driving okay. when I'm listening to podcasts. I have um a, a rhythm, if you will. So in the morning, as I'm driving to work, that's typically when I'm having my coffee and I need my pump up music. And <laughs> <laughs> that's what helps me to start the day. But okay. typically, as I'm coming home, I like to listen to podcasts. Okay, that's mm-hmm. cool. What would that's be your music? Oh, I'm all over the place when it comes to music. But um, my latest obsession has ironically been the soundtrack from Rocket Man. Hmm. Um, with the uh, Taron Egerton or whatever his last name is, who who plays Elton John. John, right? Yeah, yeah. That I've been really impressed by that soundtrack. So cool. there's a lot. So is of it that. all Elton John music? Or it's all it? Elton John music. Okay. And then I typically hmm. have my usual repertoire of R and B music, hmm. whether that's Bruno Mars, Beyonce, the OJs, Temptations, mix it all together. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So um, in our podcast, each episode, we're going to try to ask a series of the same questions. Um, So I was going to kind of tick through those if that's okay. So question number one is, what is it that you're curious about right now? Could be an idea, a movie or a book, um, something that's interesting to you. Yeah, so I would say um, at this point, what I'm really fascinated about is 
the um, developmental period of adolescence because that's what we're focusing on in my human development class. Mm. And so the paper that I submitted last night, I had to interview an adolescent mm. just to understand their perspective on being an adolescent in today's times. Mm. And so I find it very interesting to observe and to recognize how today's adolescents seem to be a cohort of individuals who are stressed out a mm. lot, who have a lot of anxiety and mm -hmm. depression, um, really unprecedented levels that we haven't seen for this particular cohort at this particular time. Um, so I would say that is something that every day I'm fascinated by because I want to understand um, why that is the way that our teenagers feel and what is it that we as you know, social workers, administrators, educators can help students to manage this dynamic developmental period. So you, we were all adolescents at some point. Yeah. Is it, do you, so do you feel it's fundamentally different or can you like, what, because it wasn't that long ago that you were an adolescent. So like, what would you point to as, is there a reason why that, why you see this anxiety increasing or is it, is it uh, hard to pin down? Um, for me, one thing that has been very prevalent in that facet is um, how connected adolescents are with their phones mm. and the media today. Mm. And I think that being so closely connected to the media creates this uh, internal comparison yeah. amongst adolescents with yeah what is my life like compared mm -hmm. to somebody else and this yep. constant comparison of my life doesn't look like yep. that. So I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. I mean, I, t I tend to agree with you. And so when I watch middle school students, adolescents, like I kind of track back to when I was. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, school was a pretty anxiety building process because it, I was so interested in the social, which mm -hmm. is that's where they are. That's mm -hmm. where they are developmentally. But I would, get on the bus, go home, get off the bus. And then I was done with it. Right. Mm -hmm. I could, I, I wasn't sort of that whole world sort of stopped at two fifty, and I went home and played street hockey or something like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if the phone lets people really disconnect, even like when they're, we've had speakers to say, even when they're trying to go to sleep, mm -hmm. it's still so prevalent in them. So it's, I, I, yeah, it is, it is something that I think, um, I think we're going to be uh, having to address pretty much head, head on. Absolutely. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's interesting. Um, uh, who has been the kindest to you in your life? I would say that the kindest individual in my life has to be my grandmother. Mm -hmm. um, my grandmother is one of my biggest support systems. She loves to tell stories about um, me when I was a baby because she moved in with us to oh, cool. help my parents take care of me when I was little. Um, she'll love to tell you about my obsession with broccoli as a baby and how I still, <laughs> I still love it to this day. <laughs> um, but my grandma has always been probably the kindest individual in my life. She is just someone that is a foundation for me. I can't put into words how much I appreciate her unconditional love for me, her constant words of support, um, and just the fact that, you know, she thinks that I can do anything that I want. That's cool. And so every day I absolutely treasure my grandma. Awesome. Mm -hmm. um, 
are there funny stories that your family tells about you um, that come to mind? Anything humorous that we would be get a chuckle out of the audience? Yeah. So um, my parents would be the first to tell you that I'm a rather independent person okay, and that I've always been that way. Um, and so starting when I was very young, when I started here at Hudson Montessori School, um, I believe that I was kind of in charge of the classroom along with the teacher. And so I would start most of my mornings next to Mrs. Case greeting children as they walked into the classroom. So right. they would shake her hand. Which and she then they still would does sh- every morning. Yeah. Yes. And yes. then they would shake mine and they would <laughs> come past me as they did that. Um, so I would say that's one of the earlier stories of it. my independence taking form. And then um, I would say in upper elementary when I had Mr. Jimber Mm -hmm. that he often told my parents that I would walk into the classroom like I owned the classroom Mm -hmm. Uh, and I was just in my opinion mind my own business right um but my parents always love to chuckle about yeah you you've always been a rather independent go-getter you do what you want um and you're not afraid that's gonna stop you so that's good good quality Mm -hmm. It serves it well. Yeah. Um, what profession other than college counseling would you like to attempt? I would love to be a Montessori teacher for preschoolers. Why is that? I have always had an affinity for preschoolers. I just mm-hmm. think that age group is so precious in regards to what's happening yep. from the human development aspect but just they're so cute yeah they're so cute <laughs> and i love the way that they are just so happy and remind um, us as adults about the simple things That's in life cool. like the pleasures of snack time right. nap time <laughs> yeah. having a juice box like those things are just make so, a day absolutely yeah. absolutely can make a day and so um, if I were to attempt another profession, I would very much see myself doing that. Cool. Awesome. That's great to hear as a Montessori head of, mm-hmm. uh, head of school at a Montessori school. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, what turns you off? What turns me off right now, I would say, is the nature of America's political climate. Mm. And how that has resulted or or caused, I should say, um, some behaviors that in the past weren't necessarily as acceptable or prevalent as they are today in regards to um, really a no filter Mm -hmm. aspect and that no filter aspect really taking away from um, an undenying respect between two mm. people when they're having a conversation, mm. even if they disagree. And yeah. I don't think that that really exists anymore. And that is really, it's frustrating to see. It's frustrating to experience. And it's its disappointing that that's where we are um, as a country. Yeah. Well, the next uh, 12 months, I guess. Yeah. Roughly 12, 13 months is really going to put that under the microscope. Absolutely. So stay mm-hmm. tuned here, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite word? Fabulous. <laughs> Fabulous is my favorite word. Uh, <laughs> because I think that is a word that not only just describes who I am as an individual, my personality, but very much my outlook and perception of life. 
Awesome. Uh, last question. Uh, what's your favorite memory or experience at Hudson Montessori School? My favorite experience probably has to be during my early college days when I was a mm. camp counselor here. Oh. And when I was a camp counselor here, I spent a lot of time um, working with students that were two, three, four, five. And I had one student in particular who was just my all-time favorite. She started here when she was two and a half. Um, and she and I, we bonded a lot. And so there was one moment where her mother came to pick her up from school that day. And she had asked Miss um, Colleen to speak with whoever Miss Michaela was. Yeah. And I was like, that's me. <laughs> and she wanted to say that I want to take a moment just to thank you yeah, for um, what you're doing with Molly and how you make her feel when she's here because she, when she comes home and she's playing with her dollhouse, she will pretend that when her babies are upset that she's Miss Michaela oh, <laughs> calming them. Yeah, And that's probably one of my favorite memories from being here is, you know, starting from being in her shoes at two and a half mm -hmm. and then going through the program, coming back as a camp counselor and still to this day being involved in Montessori in some form. Mm -hmm. um, I, it's pretty cool for me to have a moment like that where I can see this full circle type of Montessori philosophy um, and to see the, the magic that Montessori is. That's great. Michaela, thanks for joining us. We certainly appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah, it. You bet.